Hey, welcome to episode 69 of the Never Iron Anything Comics Review Show. My name's Tony. Returning to the co-host chair this week, or tonight, is the, Indi- I call him the Indiana Jones of Comics Ephemera. Yes, it's Mr. Richard Sheaf. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, well, you know, when I say enjoying lockdown, you know, I mean, I'm finding plenty of things to do uh, to, to pass the time, including, as you say, um, keeping up my love of uh, comics ephemera, uh, which knows no <laughs> bounds. So, Yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be talking about um, uh, Thundercats maybe later, Russ Abbott and um, the Steed and Mrs. Peel. That's what I've written down here. <laughs> So I'm looking forward to hearing <laughs> about that. It covers everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good book, that Steve Mitchell. We'll, 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 we'll tackle that later. Um, right. So once again, you've set me a challenge. You've come up with um, actually two volumes of a series that we've uh, both re-enjoyed. Uh, I, I think you'd read it before, hadn't you? That's right. Um, I, I I got these two volumes ages ago uh, right. and they were in my to read pile uh, and then lockdown happened uh, and they finally percolated the top of the to read pile at about christmas time i'm gonna say oh right um, so quite so, a fresh so, read so that was that yeah so that and that was the first time i'd ever read them i'd wanted to read them for ages and it was always on my oh when i see those i must get them um interesting well, interesting happened. how they because i read them at the time and then I, I read them recently so did you want to tell everyone what you've chosen uh so i've chosen the first two volumes of gary spencer millage's strange haven okay so that's uh, volume one arcadia and volume two brotherhood so it's issues one to twelve cool and taking a leaf out of our buddy Eamon's book um we are going to say what versions we've got mine are the a by a biogenesis press um my one's got a introduction by dave sim in volume one and brian tolbert in volume two that's what i've got are those ones you've got yeah, that's what I've got. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. A third printing and a second printing um, of them, uh, courtesy of a charity shop, maybe the Cancer Research UK uh, charity shop. Shout out to them. Good stuff. Uh, in Surbiton, uh, where, where I picked. No, I bet that's up. a fancy charity shop. <laughs> that's a, a high-end charity shop. There's, there's a charity shop in Marlebone High Street. I think it's uh, I can't remember what it is now, and they they, they always have great stuff in there because this course is in Marlebone yeah. High Street. There you go. Okay, so I'm going to say, so mote it be. There you go, which is, uh, I'm sure we'll get to that. It's something that gets repeated in the book. Um, it's something of a triumph of self-publishing, this book, isn't it, I suppose? It's almost like a old self, old, old small press, but not small, I suppose. Is that a... Yeah, I think, for me, I was... So these were originally published uh, in the mid-90s. Um, yeah. And I guess I was aware of them through reading Comics International, um, and I remember seeing them, you know, sort of in the review section, you know, maybe, maybe even adverts as well. And I didn't, I didn't really know what small press was yeah. at the time. I probably I was, you know, my li- I was probably limited to thinking it was, you know, sort of things that had been photocopied, you know, and badly photocopied. Yeah, photocopied but some, that was what some of it was like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and you know, therefore, you know the. The, the detail had really gone out of them, and I probably had quite a negative view, you know, of what small press was because you know, I hadn't been, you know, you couldn't, it just weren't as easy to get hold of. Uh, you know, Mixum didn't exist, you know, <laughs> yeah. Printing UK didn't exist. Comic House you know, didn't it really yeah, was. Yeah, yeah Comic House, yeah, you know, it was literally, you know, if, you, you know, you'd have to go to your local printer and get him to run off you a thousand copies or something. Oh, you know, mate, I used to have to go, experience. I remember with my one, because I was, 
I'll get on to how I met this dude, but I had um, I had to go to Catford Print Centre to get my comics printed <laughs> in the nineties, and I used to go there with a like literally with a floppy disk, and yeah. try and explain to them what a comic was, <laughs> and almost like have examples in my bag yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't an easy process. Yeah. All these like geezers, you know, Catford geezers. Be, <laughs> yeah. Hang on, mate. What are you talking about now? And I'm like, here we go. All right, okay. Don't say comic too loudly. People, other people hear. It's a bit like that, you know. Yeah, it's, uh... yeah. But but they're always right. I mean, the comics international were always, you know, really keen on it. You know, the reviews were always, you know, fantastic. You know, so it sort of it stood out to me at the time as a. Yeah. I don't quite know what this thing is because it's not from Marvel. It's not from DC. You know, it's not from Fleetway. Yeah. So you know, uh, and I don't really know how to get hold of it. But it's <laughs> yeah. obviously very well thought of, and you know, there's obviously something going on here that's quite interesting. And therefore, I just sort of put it mentally on my, well, you know, when I see those in a collected volume somewhere, I'll I'll pick them up. Um, yeah. And it just took me longer than I thought to uh, <laughs> to stumble across them in a, in, in a charity shop uh, in Surbiton. So, I was uh, I was a bit late to the game on it. So I think I met Gary um, at Bristol. So. This was even before I was tabling, so I think this would be mid-90s. And I think the first, I'm going to say maybe the first volume had come out at that point. Um, and I, So I bought the first volume and then I bought the issues, but I went back and bought the second and third volumes. Um, okay. The, he, was, he always had a table at Bristol and it always seemingly, in my memory, seemed to be in almost the same place. Um, right. And then when I did have a table, he was like four down from me. Um, and I remember going and having a chat with him. And uh, it always stuck with me this because oh that's right. So the previous year I bought a page from him. So I I bought a page that I think I sent you the picture of it, didn't I? Oh yeah, it did yeah. It's, um, yeah. the last page in one of the issues, and it's the page where the policeman there's a policeman in it who, who keeps stealing bits of females' bodies. No, it's, this is just a, a fingernail, uh, and he puts it into some into a sort of evidence jar. And I bought that page. Oh yeah. And um, he's. He never seemed the happiest of people to me, you know, <laughs> but he was sort of fairly cool and fairly chatty. And I bought this yeah. page off him. And then the following year, I went back to him um, and thought, oh, um, I'll have a look, see what else he's got. Um, and I actually wrote down just to make, make sure I remembered it, what he said to me. He said, um, I don't really like comics. I like bands and music and that. <laughs> OK. <laughs> OK. <laughs> wow, that's really weird, because I, I the, the other angle I've. Um, come across Gary's work is around. Um, so he used to he he's produced fanzines as well. Amon Spec. Oh, okay. I think it was called. It wasn't comic media news. It was like comic shop monthly or something. Oh, because um, he had a comic shop, didn't he? I think. Yeah. So if, so yeah. he had a comic shop. So I don't know if that predate. You know, that's why he didn't like comics because oh. he'd been stuck in running a comic shop for too long. Or yeah, yeah. I mean, it can get you can get you down it. You know, yeah. back then Bristol was just about what Marvel comics were out, what DC comics were out. You know, it was a bit like that. Um, so I could imagine it maybe it got him a bit down, just sort of sitting at his table all, all weekend. Um, but I really like that page. I think it's good. I think it's one of my. I'm, yeah. I'm glad I bought it. I think it was quite expensive at the time, even. It was like sixty quid. That's not yeah. too bad, I suppose. Um, good. So the story. I've got a little summary of the story. Um, yeah. Alex Hunter is from Essex. He's just split up with his wife. And he's decided to travel to Cornwall in his sports car when he reaches Strangehaven, a town that is not on any maps. He swerves to avoid a beautiful woman in the road and crashes. That beautiful woman remains a mystery. Who was it? He wakes up in a local bed and breakfast with a doctor caring for him. He looks around um, 
the town and is taken around by Jenny Jones, who's a local girl. I think she's 18 off the top of my head, 18, 20, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that, he's, yeah. He's a bit older. Yeah. Um, and they explore the people of the town and everyone in there. It's a town full of a very a big mixture of people. They're all very different. And then he tries to leave. I think he tries to leave twice and he ends up back in the town. Um, there are different factions and forces at play in Strange Haven from Mrs. McCready, who runs the bed and breakfast and goes searching for things in the garden with a torch at night, to Mr. Megalon, who is a mystic from the Mahinkan tribe in South America, to Adam, who, who one of my favourite characters, who claims to have X-ray vision and is an alien from the planet Nimoy. <laughs> he's good isn't he yeah, <laughs> he yeah. has those dark glasses he's got that beard and he's got that sort of... yeah very straight face says he's an alien all the time uh, and you kind of yeah. believe he's got x-ray vision because at one point he does see through that lady's clothes doesn't he <laughs> he's got vivid imagination or x-ray vision exactly right. yeah. definitely yeah. one of those two and of course then there are the knights of the golden light which are uh, yeah. a sort of if hammer horror did the masons I always think <laughs> Yeah, I mean they appear on about page two, don't they? Yeah. Sort of thing. You know, you're straight into the clan. You know, wow. You're, you know, you're not in Essex anymore, my <laughs> uh, <that> friend. You know, you're. <laughs> I mean, start off. I think anyone who ever ever hears about it, someone is going to pipe up and compare it to the Prisoner TV series, which I think is yeah. an unfair comparison. What do you think? Um, well, I, I I know that you're a big fan of the Prisoner. I know yeah. you're a big fan of this. Yeah. Um, and and I and I wondered if you know that that sort of vibe you know was was what um attracted you to it okay. um, yeah because yeah um i think there's i think but, that's, but, uh, the pinning it down is the vibe there are moments that almost yeah. homage the prisoner in it and we'll talk about a couple yeah. in a minute but yeah it's um it, it visually it's different isn't it from the prisoner i suppose yeah yeah and i think it's very certainly you know when when it's written you can sort of you know, believe that he can't quite leave, you know, because yeah. he, he, like you say, he, he tries to leave a couple of times and he just ends up driving round and round, you know, effectively in circles because he, you know, there are all these little Cornish back roads. Yeah. Which, when it was written, you know, when, it, you know, early 90s, mid 90s, you know, didn't have sat navs, you know, Tom Tom, you know, wasn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, you know, you could sort of think those bloody Cornish roads, you know, you, they are a bit of a nightmare. You, you could get a bit stuck. Whereas now you'd think, it's ridiculous. Just type into your sat nav, man, and nobody would believe you could get stuck in a Cornish village uh, for, <laughs> yeah. for, for months on end. So he, um, he tries to go away in the car, and at one point he sort of tries to wander off, and that doesn't quite work either, does it? He sort of yeah. his car gets weirdly returned to where he's staying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a, you know, he, he's 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 trapped there, um, but he's not. Um, he's, in some ways, he's not averse to being trapped there because you know he's 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 leaving behind the failed marriage. Um, and he and he is trying to get away and, and, yeah. and start a fresh a fresh life. Uh, so yeah, so, so yeah. that's different from um, McGowan. There's a couple uh, of the there's prison. a couple of touchstones for the prisoner that I thought um, as I was reading it is the sports car. He's driving the sports car. Mm. Um, the um, the fact that he does try and leave and, and and returns to the same spot, which happened a couple of times in the prisoner. He sort of suddenly wakes up and he's back in the village again. You know, it's a bit of that going on. Yeah. Um, or the one where he, you know, he's in the fighter jet and he's, oh, I found the village, I found the village, we found, we found it, and he's trying to call back to his base back in England, and he gets, uh, he gets shot out the top of the plane, um, in the ejector seat by the, the spy that was flying it, you know. Um, yeah. And then the other one is that he goes into a shop and tries to buy a map. Have you seen that one? So in the prisoner, he goes yeah. in, I think it's either the first or the second episode. He famously goes into the shop, the local shop, 
and says, I want a yeah. map. And they, he, says, he produces a map of the village. And, of course, the map of the village only goes as far as the, the limits of the village. Yeah. And he says, no, I want a map of the whole area. And he says, well, this is the whole area. You know, this stupid conversation, <laughs> yeah. you know, prisoner-esque, Patrick McGurn-esque conversation takes place. But in this, he goes into the shop and he asks for a map. And he says, well, I haven't really got a map. He says, I've got a map of Swindon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's no good. You know, and I just wonder. We've all been in shops like that where you go, look, I just, I just want some directions. Oh, maps over there. Yeah, and I just wonder if it was Gary Spencer Millage, who I'm going to call GSM for the rest of this. I wonder whether it was sure. him sort of playing about a bit with that. You know, um, it's got to be, I'm sure. Yeah. 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 Good. And I guess the other, the other touchstone, um, uh, I would think would be Twin Peaks. Yes. Um, which happened uh, after the initial start of this, didn't it? I think Twin Peaks was about 91, 92. Yeah, no. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It's, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's that sort of vibe of the, you know, all, they're all very individual, aren't they? All, all these people, you know, and they all get the feeling that they've all lived there a very long time, and you know, and it, they are, you know, a bit like the, you know, the Wicker Man. You know, they're all yeah. slightly, you know, the Wicker their, Man's their, a very their good role, one. Yeah, their, their role in society is set. You know, and they, you know, they're all potentially live there for generations and they, you know, they're in the, you know, you, you've occupied that, that role. Yeah. Um, for, you know, that, that's your destiny is just to be that person either, you know, to be the shopkeeper, to be the mechanic, to be the teacher. Um, yeah. and, you know, and sort the... of like these knights of the, uh, the, the Ku Klux Klan, whoever they are, uh, are sort of, you know, controlling things, uh, from, from behind the scenes. You know? And the, the, I suppose we'd call it diversity now in 2021, wouldn't we? But, Back then, it was a mixture of people from different places. So you've got um, a South American Indian. Um, yeah. You've got a Scottish woman running the B&B. You've got um, Thingy's wife is a black woman. You've got a Chinese woman. Oh, it's or, or Susie. Um, and it's, it's a real mixture of people in this. I think it's the guy who fixed the car. Is he meant to be Italian or something? I've got a sense he's he had an accent. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's just, yeah, like I say, it's sort of... They haven't all having just said you know there feels as you know that they've they've been drawn there but yet the roles they're occupying feel like you know they were always the traditional yeah yeah those, those roles um so yeah you know is the village collecting them yes in, in, that's in some sense way, i got you know? definitely yeah 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 there's um it's a kind of uh a suburban fantasy added it's a sort of it's a fantasy and a thriller combined with the banality of a small village in a way um, a lot yeah. of what we focus on is relationships and, you know, the fact there's not the kids, there's not enough kids in the school or, you know, he's got, you oh, know, that's a really creepy image, isn't it? When he goes into, cause he's a teacher in these. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, they sort of say, oh, well, we can fix you up with a job cause there's a school and he sort of thinks, oh, well, yeah, all right, I'll jack in teaching, yeah. you know, in essence, cause I'm, you know, I'm happy anyway. And, you know, and then I could have a job and I could afford to drink the nice beer cause he's always in the pub drinking the nice beer, isn't he? Is it speckled hen? He's <laughs> always drinking. Is that right? Is it? Yeah. yeah. He's always, it's always like, oh, I've got another pint of that. And, and yeah, the sort of the day he turns up at school, he thinks there's going to be like 25 kids. Yeah. Uh, and he gets in, and I think, and there's only two real kids, aren't and they? And they're brother and sister, and aren't they? I think. Yeah, and but then they're sort of slightly surrounded by that. They've got drawn a face on a rugby ball and a football. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. Sort of, you know, that sort of what? <laughs> very strange. Yeah. 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 Very strange. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about um, Gary Spencer Millage GSM for a second, and we can write, probably part of it will run through the history of this book in a way. Um, so born in 1961 in East London, he lives now in Leon's, Leon C. 
Um, you go to www.millage.com, M-I-L-L-I-D-G-E. Um, it is currently under reconstruction, but he does blog, and he's quite busy. He's quite a regular blogger, I suppose. Not sort of not not to your standards, sir. But uh, <laughs> he's uh, over the period of time he's produced three Strange Haven trades, and then it moved to a magazine called Meanwhile, and turned to colour. This is actually black and white, and we'll talk about the style of art in a minute. Yeah. Um, did you read the Meanwhile bit? the meanwhile sort of stories uh no no i haven't read those i remember sort of seeing them like in uh, in orbital and gosh and places yeah uh, and i could see it and i you know it's like oh oh that's funny look there's strange haven it's obviously still going and it's you know whatever that is issue whatever and i was like hang on hang on i can't start reading it i've got to, you know, <laughs> i want to go back to the start because i hear this yeah. is good so and i think uh, all, all due respect to soaring penguin it was a bit of a patchy anthology and I was only buying it for the sort of six or seven pages. I was, and I'm thinking, I just, I think I might just wait for the trade on this one because you know he'll bring one out, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, moving on, he attended South End Art School and he played bass in a band called Sorcerer. Um, as as we said before, as well as Strange Haven, he's dabbled in owning a comic shop that didn't really work out, as he describes. He also published and worked on the Alan Moore tribute book, Portrait of an Extraordinary Gentleman. He's had stories in Bart Simpson's Treehouse of Terror. He's created a series of how-to draw books, which I've not actually seen. I've only really seen online. Um, his blogspot at millage.blogspot.com is, is quite active, and you can follow you can follow his his activity on there. Um, he's recently not been very well. He's had some heart issues, but um, seems to be much better now. Um, and meanwhile, from Soaring Penguin, is currently on a hiatus, but you can also find it on the Sequential app. Have you got that app? Uh, I'm, no, you're not. You're not. I know you're not a not a digital no. reader, really, are you? But no, no, no. I've, I've still got too many too many actual paper comics to read to <laughs> start stockpiling digital comics. Yeah, yeah. Um, he contributed to Where We Live, which was the you remember the sniper in Las Vegas, the shooting there. They did the benefit anthology. Oh yeah, yeah. 2019, he was at Thought Bubble in Harrogate, and I didn't see him. I'd say I was quite busy at the table, but I didn't get to see him. Did you go to that one? I can't remember, Geezer. No, I, I've never, I've never been to Thought Bubble. I, right. I, I guess when it was in Leeds, I always had a slight, oh, could I sort of go for the day? Because it was quite easy to get, you know, a train up from, yeah, you know, early it, train up from Kings Cross. But obviously now they've moved to Harrogate, which I understand, you know, is a much better venue that puts it out of reach of just yeah. hopping to Harrogate's Harrogate. a pain because you got to go. I think you go to York and then you got to get one of those cross country little tram trains. Some slow little thing. Yeah, yeah. it's a pain yeah. in the ass. Um, but it's all right. But yeah, uh, in 2019, he wrote the introduction to Here and There for Sidesy and Adam Jakes. Um, I didn't realise that. I must go back and look at that because I think I've got a pull quote at the back of that one. Um, he In 2019, he also wrote an introduction for Under Ice by Claire O'Brien, which I haven't read, which I think is an homage to the Kate Bush song, I think. Um, yeah. 2018, he was at the Lakes with Soaring Penguin. Um, yeah. 2016, he drew some Sherlock covers for Titan Books. Um, and he also that same year now I can't remember this is, if this is the exhibition you and I met up at but he had some pages up at the British Comic Art at the Comic Museum ex- exhibition did you or was it what, what one did we meet at that we met one didn't we you were writing it up for Down the Tube I think uh, I was yeah it, it might it might have been that one yeah yeah it wasn't, it wasn't Women in Comics was it was that we had that one as well no I, I did I did go to Women in Comics um, right but uh, but it wasn't that one that we it wasn't the one that we met at. Um, okay, yeah, cool. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Um, the art. I mean, what's your opinions on the art? It's, I'd be really interested to hear this uh, of someone who's coming to it 
now in a world that is swimming in different kinds of art back then you kind of you had to take what you could get there wasn't as much out there you know what did you yeah. think of the art um i think that the art um it's very it looks a lot like it's sort of well, if I say photo reference, that makes it sound like it's crap and he's just cheating, and that's <laughs> <laughs> and that and that's and and that's not what I mean at all. You know, it's very, you know, like I say, it's it's very slice of life. You know, it's you know, here we are in the pub, here we are in the shop yep. buying a map of Wyndon. Um, you know, it is, you know, it's not people being super heroic. You know, it's just you know they are you know sat around or walking around doing very normal things. You yep. know, sort of. Not quite nothing happens, but you know. Um, so yeah, so I, I'm, I'm yeah. It's I can see why. It's yeah. It, it didn't grab me a hundred percent. Okay. Say. Yeah, I get um, it. But um, I don't want to be on the spot, man. Yeah, like I say, it's, yeah. it's not. It's not trying to be what you know. What what you often you know. There's no. There's no rippling muscles. There's no like that going on. You know. This is just what real life looks like um and i think it well reflects that yeah i mean i'm i can't remember what he said i did talk to him about this but it almost feels like he's got a cast of friends who act out for him and he uses almost as uses them as sort of um you know like a drawing class yeah it's a bit it feels like that and if you look in the back of i think it's the second volume he does thank a big load of people who i didn't recognize not that i should know everyone but he's um (laughs) like thank um here we go, yeah. Most of all, I'd like to thank those who have given their time to be the faces of Strange Haven itself. And it is a cast of people I'm guessing are his friends. Yeah. Um, so I'm guessing they kind of act it out a bit for him and he draws yeah, them yeah. like, you know, like he would at a you know, life drawing class or something like that. Yeah, yeah, you're right, yeah. And in the back, yeah, he sort of thanks a lot of shops as well, doesn't he? Yeah. The cost cutter in South Bend, <laughs> Alma Motors and the butchers in Leon C, the bull another pub you know a few yeah the pubs. ball i think so, is you know, the pub isn't it isn't it a from an essex pub i think yeah yeah i think that's so yeah like i say, i think you know he's got a, a you know a cast of friends who are in some way being those characters and it is you know and, he, and he's using them and he's using real locations um yeah in uh, um uh, in dave yeah. sims dave sim does this thing called dave's weekly updates um it's like a youtube thing um and he describes it as photorealism is what he describes yeah. it as, which interestingly, um, yeah, I'm. It's not as if he's taken photographs, although the, there is the odd little photograph he sort of sneaks in. I think there's one of a breakfast or something and a couple of things, but it's not as if. Yeah, they're sometimes coming down there. Yeah, it's not as if he's to me anyway. I'm only guessing. It's not as if he's he's imported photographs and put a filter on them, which I'm I don't really care for. But no. there seems to be no. a sort of artistry into this that. Allows for very distinctive faces. They don't always quite match the emotions they're showing. Um, but they are very identifiable. I suppose that that's how, what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. That's yeah. Um, yeah, okay, cool. I, I, so if we move on a little bit to, to the story itself, then um, it's, to me... Uh, an ensemble piece it's not you expect at the start it to be all about Alex don't you but it moves on from yeah. that do you think yeah. it's a soap uh, opera yeah, in a way yeah. isn't it I suppose yeah yeah it's, it's really I mean I, I have to say so, so the two volumes 
Um, so I bought them and it was Christmas. So I was like, I've got plenty of time to read these. Um, <laughs> and um, but I, you know, but I read the first one. And I was quite, I was quite frustrated with it. I was thinking, what you know, nothing is going on. You know, nothing is happening here. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't really understand who all these people are yeah. and how it's all going to fit together. And I find this, you know, I was a bit like, mm, I've. You know, I've had these in my to-read file for a long time. They're finally percolated. So did you suggest this... Of... Sorry to interrupt. Did you suggest that we do this on this episode before you'd read them? Uh, no. I think I suggested it after I read Okay, them fine. Because when I read the second volume, I thought, wow, this is fantastic. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because yeah. all, all the sort of... All, all, all the groundwork that he'd done in volume one, uh, you know, start, starts to pay off all, all the sort of... The, it feels like the strands are definitely coming together, you know, yeah. in a slightly terrifying sort of you know wicker man sort of way and uh so yeah so so by the end of volume two i was you know i was really into it i thought oh yeah this is you know this is really good i'm really enjoying seeing how all these people mix and meet up and, and like i say it is you know it's like it's not east enders set in cornwall but you know there's an element <laughs> yeah. where it's you know it's yeah. it's strange you know it's called strange haven you know because that's the that's the village and in some way you know the the village and its inhabitants are you know, are more interesting than a, a slightly lost man from Essex who doesn't quite know what's what's going on when everybody else does know what's going on and are sort of circling around him uh, in various ways and, and interacting yeah. with him. Um, so, yeah, so I'd say, you know, for anybody who hasn't picked it up, you know, if you get volume one and you think, oh, I don't you know, I don't understand what the hype is, I would say, you know, it's all right, just keep going, you know, by the end of volume two, you know, I, I think you'll be, you'll be well into it. But, uh, but yeah, so I found this, so that was quite different, you know, normally if you're reading something, you know, you're, you're, you're straight into it, you understand what's going on and, you know, the sort of that yeah. level of enjoyment, you know, is, you know, is uh, the same for all the volumes. So this one, you know, really sort of, you know, went up in volume two for me. Yeah, it does. It's, it starts off um, setting a lot of stories off, doesn't it? I think. Yeah. Um, which I kind of, you're right at the start there's a lot of information there it's almost like an information overload yeah. you're trying to remember who is everyone yeah. um the um in in the the review in diamond it says strange haven was originally conceived to appear both in the comics for the comics connoisseur and the newbie designed to make a mature and complex mystery accessible to the wider possible readership that's a strange one as well because i'm not sure if this is accessible to other to people who are, haven't read comics because it's got that, I think Diamond in the same the same page describe it as soap opera noir, which I'm also not sure about. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's quite right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I say, I mean, I think you know, I had to, you know, after I read the first six issues, you know, I really wasn't into it. So therefore, you know, if I wasn't a normal comics reader, the idea of thinking, I tell you what, I'll just buy two trades of this, just to, just you know, just in case I like it, you know, yeah, I, from I a charity shop, happen. it's not yeah. going to break the bank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, so I think for the sort of person walking, you know, in off the street thinking, you know, what what shall I buy? I'm not sure that, you know, what one issue of Strange Haven will convert them automatically to thinking, oh, my God, I must go out and buy the rest of these. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's a slow burn story. And like I say, at the start, he sort of fires the starting gun on everybody and everything. Yeah. And you're trying to work out how it all fits together. And it takes a bit of time. And you know, for me, it took until I'd read, you know, the end of the second volume to go right I, I understand what's going on here I, you know i understand all the irons in the fire and you know why it's slightly terrifying living here um so yeah i think you're right as well and because i read the first trade and then I, I, I moved over to reading issues and you only kind of got two issues a year 
and it might be that I only really bought them at conventions, so I might have bought two at once, you know, unless I saw them in Maybe Gosh or something. Yeah. But the, I found that I found that both an enjoyable but left you hanging exercise. I think. Um, yeah. Because whole issues are spent almost on one subject. There's one issue that is. I, I always, I always, I must think that GSM got really into UFOs at one point because <laughs> <laughs> uh, one issue is spent utterly on on the dude who thinks he's an alien from the planet. What's his name yeah. again? I can't remember his name now. Um. Um, oh, Adam. Is it Adam? Yeah, of course it is. Of course it's Adam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, so while Adam, and he talks at length about it, doesn't he? It goes on and on about being from another planet and the necessities of how you travel and you know the difference a human has to a grey and all this sort of thing. Yeah. And yeah. to read that, you go, oh, okay. And you sort of sit on it for six months, thinking, is that the way it's going now? Um, <laughs> yeah, you just wouldn't know, would you? you yeah. Wouldn't know. You know, it's not. It's not coming out monthly, so it's not a sort of a. Oh, I can remember what happened last month. It was a bit annoying, but it's okay. You know, I'll give it another chance. It's like if you don't see another issue for six months. Yeah, some storylines well, take a year, two years to come around. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's quite a lot about the South American, isn't there? You get quite a lot of, and he he slightly changes his art style for that, doesn't he? It gives it um, there's a, there's a um, a sort of thicker yeah. a thicker panel structure to it. It's much more um, rendered, I suppose. When he's dealing yeah, with that yeah, sort, of sort of thing, that probably these days you could probably do in Photoshop with you know with a click of a filter, but you know what once upon a yeah. time uh, it was a, it was a lot uh, a lot more work to do. So uh, yeah, um, Brian Talbot is a fan, and he describes it. He says yeah. um, rejects formula in favour of personal vision, which is quite good. Warren Ellis mm. says good old fashioned cosy English paranoia with a deceptively hard edged uh, hard edge. And I said it's a fantasy and a village. It's a, a mixture of fancy and village banality in a creepy box. Um, there's like a devil rides out every so often. You think, fucking, who are these Masonic dudes? I keep yeah, expecting yeah, yeah, like exactly. a cloven hoofed creature to step out from somewhere at one point. You know. Yeah, and at some point you think, you know, you know, because you, you know, you know, most of them are, you know, or, you yeah. know, you know, some of them are, you know, when they're, not, you know, and they just have, you know, like you say, that sort of boring, banal sort of jobs that you think. Honestly, these are just grown men who are having a bit of a, a crisis and are just dressing up and you know, messing and messing about, pretending, that, <laughs> yeah, you know, to sort of rule the world. So like the but Masons, really. Are, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then are, they take actions which you think, oh, bloody hell, you know that, you know that 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 is a very serious thing. Yeah, that has happened. So murder um, or you know, um, yeah. faked suicide happens in one issue, doesn't it? And you begin yeah. to realise they're a bit more serious because when you see them at first, you think. Because they don't, they kind of are masons, but they kind of look a bit Ku Klux Klanny with their hoods, don't they? And they, <laughs> yeah. they're quite sinister. And then, but yeah. they're also this weird open secret in the village. Um, where oh, yeah, I hear such and such is joining. Yeah, them in the shop or the pub, aren't they? Yeah. And then the leader, who's um, he's Janie's father. He's quite sinister, isn't he? He, he almost mm. at one point he just changes. You think he's just this dude, and then he's like really dark with his daughter, and you think is he gonna? F- is he going to beat her up now? Because yeah. yeah, it's a yeah, it's a it's a really interesting dynamic, and you soon realise that there's almost two factions in the town, aren't there? There's the um, the knights versus a little group of elders who sort of gather, begin to gather together, and I think that begins to coalesce a little bit more into into volume three, um, okay. where you think there's going to be a battle. So almost like the classic battle of the yeah. magicians sort of thing. Um, yeah. I read a quote in the, uh, there's an interview in the beat with um, Gary Spencer Millage and um, 
he admitted to writing without knowing the ending. <laughs> I kind of just like the sort of flippancy of his interview technique, you know. Sort of, yeah. It's because he doesn't like comics. Who cares what the ending yeah, is? Yeah, I like bands. I like music, mate. I, I honestly <laughs> yeah. do think I just caught him at the worst point, you know, where he was sick of like, because back then it was... It wasn't cosplayers that were annoying. It was the ultimate fanboys wandering around, you know, smelling a bit of bo, and you just yeah. see it in his face because he's quite a cool dude, you know. Um, he's, yeah. Yeah. Um, he and he he says in that interview, he says, look, he was never intended to be built around a single plot. And I think the switch and bait of the first issue then is, and even the first volume, from what you're saying there, might yeah. might be an indicator of that. Um, yeah. 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 You yeah. got any favourite characters, we... dude? Anyone in it you really like or? Um. Well, I, I like I like Adam, you know, with his shades and the, you yeah. know, that sort of, you know, is he, is he really, really, is he, is he really? And you sort of think, because, you know, you just start off and you just think, you know, he's just got slightly long hair and glasses, you know, he, he can't possibly, it's you know. like he might have been in, he might have done too much acid or something like that. Yes, yes, yeah. that's, that, that, you know, that, that, that definitely, you know, is, is his vibe, you know, and he's sort of, therefore, this is, you know, a long come down he's on that's going to take him several years uh but you know but he well he really believes it uh yeah whether, he seems to um, and, the, and that lady yeah. I, can't, I can't remember her name now but the woman just constantly keeps asking him about it over and over and just yeah, clearly wants to get in his pants <laughs> it's like almost trying to catch him out like if i ask him quickly one morning when he's not really paying attention he's not in character will he just say but i'm from swindon what do you, oh, <laughs> yeah shit, yeah oh, exactly oh, no, i wasn't supposed to say that i mean oh, you know i'm from beetlejuice yeah um <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and i like the sort of the again that sort of was that sort of the the wicker man vibe around things like they have christmas in the middle of the year don't yes they? and they, that's explained um, by someone who died a boy died wasn't it i think and yeah. so they decided to have christmas because alex goes between volumes he goes missing doesn't he, he sort of wanders off camping and yeah. he's gone for a couple of weeks and comes back to discover it's christmas and thinks have i had some kind of weird episode where i've been gone for ages Yes, and he's actually... and it's just, but he's just sort of plunged back into it. It's just Christmas, and they all know why it's Christmas, and they're yeah. all very happy with it being Christmas. And he's just like, "Have I bashed my head against a big rock?" You know, I've yeah. And someone wandering around for a fortnight trying to escape, uh, and it hasn't really worked out. And I've come back, and it's Christmas, uh, but yet yeah, it's very hot. What what what's going on? But yeah. they all know what's going on, and they see it all as being perfectly normal. Yeah. Uh, and you know, and the, and he's the weirdo for for not celebrating Christmas. In fact, at one point, she yeah. says, "Someone says to him." He says, he says, oh, is it? I suppose we've got New Year in, in, you know, June or something. And they went, don't be so stupid. <laughs> You're like, what? You know, idiot. It's like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> New Year's in January, you fool. What are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> and this gets um, on to the most hard to believe twist plot. I don't know for you whether this was the most hard to believe <laughs> twist plot. Is um, there's a moment where Alex and Janie have become quite close. You think it's yeah. on the cards, don't you? And then yeah, he yeah. Goes... She's, very, she's been very keen for the whole, you know, she's like, she sort of adopts him as the sort of the newbie and he's yeah. always showing him around She's on him, isn't she? She's, she's written her name yeah. on him. And um, yeah. she, she has a chat with her friend. Is she, is, or her friend's, what's her name? The the girl who's having an affair. Um, oh, Susie. Susie. She has a chat with Susie. And over a period of about four four pages, they <laughs> they just sort of try different underwear on. Yep. That's mainly what they do. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, I can only think that the life drawing class that he, he went to that night was uh, quite a fun one, um, <laughs> because uh, uh, Susie's having an affair with the husband of the greengrocer lady, and um, yeah. she keeps she's she's quite a sauce pot, and um, she says, "Oh, you need to you need to sort of get the deed done," and then over a period of pages, 
they do sort of classic K's catalogue underwear moves, don't they? And their underwear keeps changing from... Yeah, a lot of posing. Yeah, some of them are a little bit too Vampirella, some of them are a little... You know, it's that sort of thing, and they're sort of deciding. Um, and then, of course, Janie takes her friend Susie's terrible advice. And I don't know, I think they, they've they been out for a meal or something, and her and Alex go back to his place, and she says, I've got something else to tell you, and she strips off. And what does Alex do? You, do you want to say? Not a lot. Nothing. <laughs> he does nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so, and he, he um, maybe it's because it was in the age of the Smiths or something, I don't know, maybe it was trendy to be a sort of, you know, shoegazing fay, you know, um, but he says don't really want to, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's that for them, isn't it? It's sort of, they they later on sort of rediscover that they're friends, but um, it's a rather strange one, and um, I wrote, um, this is the most unrealistic moment of the book, what the fuck is what I've written in my notes. <laughs> Whereas the Ku Klux Klan, the not being able to get the hell out of there, all that you Someone's believe. Someone's an alien. Obviously. Yeah, there's a yeah, magician. Exactly. All that you, that's, that's all very believable, but but not sleeping with a naked woman. That's, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. how, how would that ever happen? <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there's a, I don't know what you thought, man, but I, I found a bit of a stylistic change between Volume 1 and 2. I think the art changes slightly, and Alex changes. I know he gets a ponytail, but he goes from being the sort of handsome hero to being a bit more... Of a character actor, I suppose. If it was, if it was, if I was casting a movie, did you feel that there mm. was a little switch? Or I mean, I, I, I guess because I'm not sure when the when these would so volume two would have come out. So when's that? That's more sort of late nineties, early noughties, and like I said, because it's not coming out very often. Yeah, you know, he's, I suppose he's actually been drawing it for a few years by this point. So, so I, you know, it's part of it. I guess is his, you know, his, his art style, um, you know, just changing um yeah uh, with that as it as you know as Growing, he, as he, evolving. As yeah he, yeah yeah exactly um but i think he's yeah um like i said i think it's it is like I said, it's, it's it's changed a, a a bit from that from that start um but it's still with the same sort of ethos around the the, the buildings the buildings he knows the, the people are people yeah um he knows um yeah, I think so. That. It just there's just just a slight. It's almost like a sharpened yeah. image, I think, to me. Yeah. Sort of slightly. Yeah. Um, talk about a couple of the other characters. The policeman's a strange fella, isn't he? He's um. He's oh yeah. At, at once yeah. the sort of reliable village sergeant who, when someone comes back from prison, he has a word with him, you know, and it's all quite quite genteel and sensible, and he wanders around a bit, but little moments where he he like when he grabs that girl's fingernail and keeps it um yeah like, really well done that sort of like i say you just think he's you know he's just like i say just walking around the village slowly keeping everybody you know in check but he's keeping that in check with a sort of an air of menace really rather yeah. than an air of you know friendly local bobby that you you know you assume is what he's using to keep everyone in check you know you think that actually yeah, he's you know he's given some of them a you know a bit of a going over uh, on occasion, and you know and and they know not to get on the wrong yeah, side. Yeah, a bit of that, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one who's a favourite of mine is Megaron, um, who's the um, South American Mahincan tribe mystic who mm. also runs the news agents. As you do, when you, <laughs> yeah. you know, when you when you've escaped from South America, you know, after a, killing someone you know, to, to escape a, a death mission or uh, whatever he was doing, but. Yeah, so weirdly, I find that more, you know, sort of, you know, you've got one guy who believes he's an alien, 
uh, and one guy who is um, from a South American tribe. And you think, oh, well, it's more likely that the guy from the South American tribe has ended up running a news agent rather than... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and not only that, he, he takes um, Janie's brother in as a sort of a student, almost like a student mm. magician. And at one yeah. point, they clearly do some kind of psychedelic and they they discover that they can transfer their brains into the brains of eagles soaring over the village or hawks soaring over the village and there's yeah. a whole sequence and it's just uh i just kind of sense that oh maybe gary spencer miller just fancy drawing some hawks in that one because they do look amazing <laughs> yeah 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 no, no i mean that's great and and the, i think and the and the the the, the parents like of the um you know, it's it's the dad, isn't it? Who's very sort of like, hang on, you're spending too much time. Um, yeah. Well, you know, with him as the, you know, the magician, he's very like, you know, what what are you he, doing? He he's jumps like, oh, to that yeah. conclusion, doesn't he? That it's a it's yeah. a sex grooming thing, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, so that's sort of unsettling as well, because we you know when the friendship starts and it develops, you sort of think. You know, is this the route this is going to go yeah, down? Is, this is going to end. This is going to end badly. And then it turns <laughs> out, oh, actually, he's from South America, and you know, and you think, oh, thank God for that. He's just a magician from South America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not going to be anything worse than that. Yeah, and Megaron is. Um, there's, I mean, he's almost. He's not a hero, is he? Because he's a murderer. But he's almost one of my favourite characters because there's such a depth of backstory to him. About he's even brought the, the arrow home with him yeah. that he used to kill the man in the tribe and and he describes the strange um not strange the the dis you know the unfamiliar morality of the tribe who grew up without being part of the west and it's succinctly and interestingly and insightfully explained by millage i think in the pages do you think yeah no no he's a good character like you say yeah he's got he's probably got the the deepest backstory or yeah. the, you know that that we've been exposed to so far of all of all the characters um uh, and yeah like and like i say he's you know he's he's there because he's he's split from south america but you know he's got a real reason for having for having done that and yeah he's sort of been taken in or you know drawn to the village in some uh, in in some way, but yeah, yeah, which goes he, to show because he he lets bits out because the kid keeps asking him things and he doesn't tell him until he gains his trust until they build this bond up, yeah. and I mean he's proof that this is some nexus point of, you know, drawing the peculiar into it, isn't it? You know, and that yeah. Alex is part of that somehow. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I suppose that, you know that, that's the question at the back of your mind is you know what is it? Yeah, you know, so uh, they're all lost. Hmm. You know, in some way, you know, Alex is, you know, more he's more geographically lost than the others, and therefore it's like, you know, what has he really got? Is there really something strange about him that we don't know about? Yeah. That at some point that will be revealed. The wife. Think, ah, I suspected why. the wife. You know, there was a problem there, or yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. the thing is, I mean, I've seen it retrospectively compared to Lost, <laughs> and the, I mean, what I'm presuming that they mean by that is this is purgatory the all these people have right. died you know they're about to cross the river sticks but they're they're leading out the rest of you know some form of destiny in this village because they're all so different aren't they they're all just from all over the world all different characters um and then at the end of volume two you get someone who has left the village who returns who's coming out of prison isn't he 
um, which is such a strange yeah. little addition because he's almost the threat arriving in the town. You know, you you worry for the status quo a little bit. When it, yeah, when it, when it, you know, is he going to upset the the apple cart? But then yeah. I think you know, at the end of at the end of book two, you know, there is that you know, there's um, you know the the knights of you know really yeah spoilers you know, are, but yeah 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 are unhappy and have really you know sort of made their unhappiness known and you know that's the ooh, you know it sort of steps up a gear at that it point really does doesn't it a, yeah it really you know, does this, this, this you know we're not messing around this is not you know this is, it looks like a you know a quaint Cornish village and it, you know it feels quite twee but actually you know there's that real sort of wicker man sort of dark underbelly um going on and it's really yeah really disturbing yeah. and they they almost set it up a little bit as a whodunit don't they because his wife um yeah. the, the person who dies his wife is holding a knife at the end of the sequence and you've got the new person in the town but one of the the knights starts wearing like a, they, two of them will start wearing black hoods as if they're destined to do something else um and you get a lot of skull iconography and stuff like that yeah um, yeah. And you, and I forget the dude's name now. I forget his name, but uh, he is um, he's set up to die, isn't he? Because he begins to hallucinate. In fact, for about six pages, he he spends or four pages, he spends talking to John Cleese. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. John Cleese is suddenly in there, isn't he? Yeah, it was uh, yes. <laughs> unexpected. Uh... He starts speaking to him from the television, and his his life's kind of gone to shit a bit, isn't it? Because he's had an affair. Yeah. His wife's found out. She's she's not happy. It's all it's all come on top for him, and he's he's just sort of sitting on the couch with his, without his shirt on, watching Forty Towers when John Cleese reaches out and starts talking to him. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's all it's all you know it's all quite it's all quite sad, isn't it? For yeah, for, for that you know and the played. And John Cleese said well. to him, "I hope well, I hope you're satisfied. Do you think for one moment how your wife the other, of course, the other thing we haven't mentioned is all along there's the mystery of the woman in the fish tank. It is all about the woman in the fish tank. I've got a lovely postcard of, the, of that woman in the fish tank. Oh yeah, so. okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know it's, a, it's a, a, the cover of issue one, which has got uh, Alex who's about to crash into uh, the woman, and but it's got the fish, the sort of um, what's that? What's that? The clown, they're clownfish, aren't they? Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, but yeah. there is this woman in in a fish tank somewhere. Uh, which is probably as creepy as it sounds, um, <laughs> yeah. and, and that might be revealed in later issues. I, I, I don't know. Do you know? I've, yeah, I've read issue. I've read volume three, and I can't. I need to go back and read it. I own it, but um, I must give it another read because um, yeah, yeah. The are any other are there any other little sort of sequences you wanted to mention, dude? That sort of took your fancy. Um, no, I I, I think those are uh, the 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 main things that we've covered there. Yeah, it yeah for me yeah it's that that woman in the fish tank, you know, how is that? And like I say, if, if uh, GSM was started with, uh, I don't really know how this ends. Does that mean he doesn't really know how the woman in the fish tank fits in? Uh, and therefore, you know, you'd, you'd get to, you know, the end and think, well, hang on, that's quite unresolved and quite annoying. Or actually, is there a, a grand plan for this woman in the fish tank? Yeah, I think um, so. I think, I mean, it certainly keeps going for a long time. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah, it's yeah. almost like an a, idea it. it's not a mystery. It's almost like a motif now. It's almost like a, you know, a, a, a yeah. status quo of this woman. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no rules of fiction, are they? He can leave her in the fish tank as long as he wants, I suppose. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, be, I'm sure it'll be explained uh, when he gets there. But yeah, it's, 
Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Alex has left the woman in the fish tank behind. Maybe that, you know, that's what he's running from. It's not necessarily something that he's running to. Yeah. Um, um, I have to say, I do. I really like the the ufology issue, even though it, it does feel it's in the second volume. It does feel a, a, a mite out of place. Um, and the other thing that I really enjoy is the interplay. At one point, Janie, who's sort of pissed off with Alex, um, you yeah. know, not going for what he perhaps could have gone for. But the um, and she sort of hooks up with a new boyfriend, and she was much younger than her. Who? Oh yeah, so he, he was like from school or something. Isn't he? Or sort of, <laughs> it's very... He's sixteen and a bit sort of like hold up. I've suddenly I've got myself an older girlfriend. What the hell is going on? He can't believe his luck, can he? But then it's, yeah, and then he tries. Yeah. He has to explain to her what blue balls mean at one point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's I suppose it's that soap opera element that I, I enjoy as well. It's, I mm. I think good comics. I mean, there's this theory, isn't there, that you know successful comics create a family for you to follow so if you look at something the x-men or even superman or batman they they create a, a, a you know a, a father figure a brother figure you know the other sort of batman's a father figure robin's a brother figure you know there's all this sort of thing but this yeah this comp- this almost creates a social circle that you follow you watch them dart in and out of each other's houses and get drunk in the pub and learn bits about them as you go along and and being in the street in the center of all these houses and pubs and shops you kind of get to know them all in a way i suppose yeah and i think you know i think that's its strength is that you know if alex like like say he sort of goes wandering off at one point because he goes camping because he's sort of trying to escape yeah um you know it, it can carry on and you know you feel that you know let's you know let's say alex dies or you know is incapacitated in some way actually you know he's not the driving force in in the story in, in that sense so you think oh well if he's died you know i'm not interested anymore it's actually like no i'm i'm hooked into that you know yeah. that space you know it's the the village um and, and its inhabitants wherever they've come from however they've got there that have got lots of stories to tell and actually you know if alex wasn't there for one or two or three episodes there are plenty of stories to be told by yeah. the residents so actually you know it, it would work fine w- uh w- without him um, yeah, because there isn't outwards, a sort of a yeah. th- there isn't a this must be resolved by Christmas Day. You know, Alex, you have to drive the plot forward. You know, it's yeah. not it's not linear. Uh, the narrative like that, it's. Um, I almost find I almost find him a little bit more boring than some of the other characters. <laughs> so the South American Indian, I kind of I dig reading him, and the yeah. the you know the affair that Susie was having is quite a gripping little storyline, isn't it? You, you know, mm. you, you keep sort of watching it go on, and the the sadness of Janie and the. The, the, yeah. the you know the knobheads at their masonic meeting <laughs> yeah it's like yeah it's there's definitely much more to it than just him he's just almost like our way in isn't he he's our, he's us i suppose driving into the village for you not be able to escape i suppose there is that metaphor there isn't there yeah yeah and then yeah so having read these two uh, these two trades uh over the christmas holidays i thought ah this is brilliant you know i'm really into this and you know these were written in the early early uh you know late 90s early noughties yeah he must be about up to about issue 37 by now i must have another stack of trades that i could you know go out and purchase <laughs> and work my way through but it turns out not so much there's one more trade uh, and then i'm hoping i'm guessing they'll trade the meanwhile stuff will they um is that or is it yeah, out there? I'm, I'm guessing i think so so yeah so i think i have to go out get get the next trade and then like you say like you start on on singles to to catch up yeah um, if they don't put all the meanwhile stuff in one volume but yeah, I mean, he's, I think he's quite um, approachable. Um, he's on Twitter, you know. I know, I know. Well, yeah. If he did the forward to Sidesy's book, you know, we're all, we're friends with Sidesy, so you know, yeah. Sidesy must have reached out to him to do that. I think it's a, it's a great idea. He's um, he's a really good writer. 
Um, I've got a few issues. I should have mentioned it. I've got a few issues with the lettering. I think it's a little bit too crammed into the balloons, but it's making it a strange almost. There's almost words that almost joined up in the balloons in a. Yeah, it's quite. Yeah, there's definitely some bits. Yeah, where it's. I mean, the the lettering is professional enough, but yeah. like I say, it's uh, some you know on occasion that you know there is. You know, there is too much in there. You know, there is a sort of a certain number of characters. Yeah. You know, you should have in a, you know, in a speech balloon art, though, you know, whatever it is, you know, but it's 50 and uh, or something. And it's, yeah. It's they do tumble about a bit in these. Yeah. But I think yeah. he's a good writer. And I, I really, I think he writes yeah. uh, conversation well. I think he, he, I think he manages to write conversation, but allows it to drive narrative, which I think people don't really, can't really do these days in a naturalistic way. Um occasionally the reactions in the art are a little bit much or a bit, little bit less for what is going on in the word balloons, but you can't help that. That's a very small sort of problem that I have with it. But yeah, I really, I really do enjoy the writing and, and it always seems to be full of the, the, there always seems to be lots of extra, you know, essays and reading lists and stuff like that in them as well, you know? Yeah. 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 No, I'm definitely, you know, having read the, the, the two trades, it was definitely, um yeah like the, the bibliography at the in the back of uh the brotherhood volume you know it's, yeah it's two pages long yeah there's loads you know, of stuff there isn't know, there yeah three three columns there's five columns you know it's probably you know 120 yeah. books yeah um, 50 books or something there's got to be 30 just you know. on ufos and extraterrestrial life yeah <laughs> so you know he's, he's definitely you know he's definitely you know putting putting the the hours in and like you say the conversation um uh, flows very well. It's, you know, for me, it's probably slightly less stilted than than the, than the art. Yeah, uh, I but I would, I would, you know, I would, I would happily go and buy the third trade and then start picking up the individual issues because I think, you know, if he's constructed this over consistently well over over a long time, then then that's a great mark of quality. There's something very gripping about it. I think is the way I'll sort of conclude. Yeah. But yeah, I do, I do find it very different from my usual comic reading experience. But yeah, a, there's it's got a real mood and a real feeling to it that keeps you on with it, um, and that it's got such a strangeness to it, you know, you know, a strange haven into it. But the is yeah. it's so it's so uh, it's yeah, it's very different. It's something I always I've treasured the um, the singles that I've got. I just really have great memories of reading them. But yeah, yeah, good stuff, man. That was quite a choice. That was a good mm. one. That came out of left field. It's a book I'd forgotten all mm. about. I have to say. Uh, but you know, you, we read so much, don't we? And we enjoy so much. You sometimes yeah. forget about it. But um, great, good. Okay, well, there's a there's a sponsor advert, a new sponsor advert from uh, a certain cult leader coming at the end of the episode. But um, for now, we're going to move on and have a little chat about um, what Rich has got on the go. Rich is a blogging machine, as anyone who's listened to this show knows before. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a few names at you. So Thundercats by Steve Parkhouse. Now, how on earth did you come across that one? <laughs> surely we all we'll have a bit of steve parker on thundercats um, yeah i do like him i haven't yeah. it's been a while since i've read a thundercats comic i'll be honest with you yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um yeah i i was doing oh you know as, as ever you fall down these rabbit holes i was doing something uh and sort of thundercats came up and i was just looking i was probably looking for something about free gifts in comics oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. and and i and i think because and i think that's the sort of I think what he draws is like a mini Thundercats comic that was free with something else. Oh, okay. Uh, and I just sort of, and I, and I saw it, and I didn't recognise his style, but I was just looking at the pictures, and then down the bottom they had the sort of the classic sort of Marvel UK, um, you know, credit list of who'd done it. And I looked at it and went, oh, 
that's uh, a Steve Park right there, you know, which I wouldn't, which I wouldn't have expected. I, you know, I haven't got a collection of Thundercats comics, don't know very much about them. Um, but I was, you know, it, you know, it was sort of the last place I'd expect to see uh, his his style. Um, apart from the issue of um, a magazine which I covered on the blog, where he draws a picture of Bruno Brooks. Um, <laughs> 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 got, I've got a comic or a magazine with Bruno Brooks drawn by uh, just what Steve I've always Parkhouse wanted on the front. Yeah, side. I don't think even Bruno yeah. Brooks' mum would want that. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> not not saying it about the art, just saying Bruno's not that interesting. But yeah, oh, that's weird. No, no, no. So and I, I, when I saw it at the time, I was like, "What is that? That looks interesting." But even, but I didn't particularly recognise it, you know, as um, Steve Parkhouse's style. Or maybe I did, but I can't remember. Uh, and I bought it, and then when I looked at it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is you know, this is very, it's one of the, you know, it's one of those things that I always enjoy collecting. It's like a sort of an advertising comic, you know, yeah. where somebody yeah. someone says we've got some money to do a thing, and you know, we want to be sort of down with the kids. Uh, let's do a comic, and they normally, you know, it's like a one-off thing that they do. It gets published, and it gets forgotten about, you know, because it gets given away by the shed load in the first week, and then by the second week. You know, whatever the marketing opportunity is, you know, it, it's passed, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and then it just goes in the skips after that. Um, so, sort of, and these, you know, often these things are sort of, you know, because to, to be good quality and to be in colour uh, and on good quality paper, you know, these are sort of 80s or 90s, you know, and, you know, the internet doesn't exist for the 80s and 90s, really. Yeah. So, you know, th- these are these are very, these are very disposable. Uh, and have been mainly disposed of. So you've got to, um, you know, unless you've got a copy, you wouldn't really know that it existed. So you've got to go out and find these things and go, oh, look, there's this, there's this thing. It's called Stuff and Nonsense. Oh, there you go. Uh, okay. I think it was published by, it was like it was sort of the Child Reading Literature Agency or something. Right. Uh, and I've got, I've got two issues of it. So it went up to at least issue three, because that's the one with Bruno Brooks on the front. But then the <laughs> issue one has got a lot less comics in it. Um, right. But there we go. And so, the other one I was interested in, man, is um, you did, yeah. um, I think, a kind of almost like the forgotten Grant Morrison book this, isn't it? Steed and Mrs. Peel with Ian Gibson, which I must reread. I own it because they were prestige format at the time, weren't they? Uh, yeah. So I, again, I think these were a charity shop purchase. The first two sort of prestige issues i got you know nice sort of square bound you know perfect bound um issues and then you know like all of us as a lockdown project i've been thinking i must you know i've got to complete that run right okay you know, so i can you know because i was sort of add them to one side as though well i'm going to read that you know but only when i've got the run i don't want to read two issues now and then yeah in five years time reading so i was like oh i'll get the next issue but when i got the next issue or i found it and i ordered it I hadn't realised that it had then been republished by Boom about uh, 10 years after it had first That's been published right. by Yeah, I forgot Eclipse. about that. So then I was like, hang on, this looks like the third issue, but it turns out it's only a single floppy, not a right. perfect bound double issue. So now I've got the wrong comic. I can't finish it. And I don't really understand what's going on here. So I had to sort <laughs> of go down a rabbit hole to go and work out what was going on. And then obviously then having started the Boom ones, I thought, oh, well, I'll have to collect all the Boom ones now. Yeah, uh, um, and then by the and then find the other of uh, the original uh, sort of clips issues or whoever whoever the, the publishers were, so that I could then read it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it really, it was all so I could you know it was like six issues. Uh, you know, it's quite a lot of 
Ian Gibson art. Um, and it's not, I'm, I'm you know, you'll have read a, a million uh, Grant Morrison, more Grant Morrison comics than, than I have, you know, but it's, it's sort of wacky. In that it's sort. playing into that sort of uh, pop, pop 60s thing that he did with the Invisibles, maybe, you know, the filth, maybe. It's got that sort of cool, hip, valiant, not valiant, um, vertigo feel to it almost, you know? Yeah. 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 But it's, you know, as, as a story, you know, it's, you know, it's not sort of, oh my God, this is completely mind bending. Uh, yeah, like I say, it's sort of, uh, as it's not uh, that vibe to it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was, yeah. But then I, so to unpick it, I then had to, you know, I ended up with, I had two comics. I wanted to buy a third one, and in the end, I bought nine. And this is just... <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't quite how it was supposed to work out. Because I know they they did another you know, I series. I didn't understand it because they look yeah. they look the same, and it's only when you say, "Oh no, those ones have got a boom in the top left right. corner, and these ones bloody haven't." So um, yeah, we're a little bit underserved by so... Avengers comics, aren't we? I mean, they've never really been a big hit comics wise. They appear, you know, they dot about a bit, but there's not much about them. Yeah, you know, for a a series that was so huge, and the New Avengers as well was a big old yeah. series when I was a kid. Um, yeah, yeah, we don't get much of them. I've always, no, I think I might have asked you this before, man, but I, I just kind of feel that everything you're doing on this blog is brilliant, and I really enjoy reading it, and it's always, always really informative. Um, but is it, have you never thought about doing a YouTube or a, or a podcast or something like that to, to sort of show it a bit more? Um, uh I definitely think about doing a podcast. Right, that's true. I think there's a gap. I think there's a gap in the market for sort of, you know, a short chat with somebody about something. You know, sort of a particular element of British comics that yeah. I'm interested in. You know, I think you could sort of do you know half an hour a week on it. That would be okay. I think the bit that stops me is um, just the the how time consuming it is doing the blog anyway. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Allied with the writing for other people um yeah that i often find myself doing um but yeah i would definitely i think i mean i would definitely like to do it you know as well as i, I do there's a market uh, for it yeah i think you're right you know as well as i do to re- research for one of these you know it's quite yeah. you know i put quite a few hours into it you know it's a good few hours spent yeah. reading it and looking up interviews and watching youtube films and stuff like that and yeah. you know finding quotes and reading blogs and yeah you're right to, and to just to find something on british comics to talk about for half an hour it's quite a lot of work still you know yeah yeah. Yeah. So I think, and I, I, I don't want to, wouldn't want to disrespect it and just say, right, I'm going to do no research. I'm just going to. Yeah, there's nothing worse. Than contact that, this yeah. person. That, yeah. That, I, that I'd like to talk to, but you know, so the if I could keep it quite short like that, that would minimise the amount of research I might have to do. So look, let's just talk about this one topic. Yeah. You know, I know just that, this um, thing. Cliff Cumber does like 15 minute episodes when he does his, and I know John Tucker's yeah. new podcast, What's Not Comics, is only about 15 minutes each episode, and. Yeah, there's a there's a place yeah. for it if you could find the right thing. I think yeah. I'd enjoy listening to it, man. That's all I was thinking of. Yeah. I know it's something we mentioned yeah. before, yeah. but um, what have you got coming up on the blog? What what other things can you tease us with? Uh, what have we got coming up on the blog? Um, well, I'm only I'm running about five days ahead, I think, at the moment, oh. which is probably where I normally am. Um, <laughs> so I think we've got um, stuff about uh, so as you self-described. Uh, King of Comics Ephemera in my introduction. Um, I've got some <laughs> ephemera coming up um, this week. Um, about so, one of my big interests, my, my overriding interest really, uh, is the original Eagle yep. comic uh, from the 1950s, uh, and that came out. And it was part of a sort of a stable of comics that sort of grew up around it to appeal for slightly different micro segments of the market. So there was Girl, 
for girls there was swift which was sort of for young boys or young younger children and then there was robin which was like a nursery comic yep. you know, in, in the days when you know people were producing you know tons of uh, nursery comics um so robin is i mean i, I don't actually own any copies of robin I'm but they did put out some yeah some um, nice ephemera in terms of they got some little sort of they call them birthday books and they're very they're sort of they're 12 pages long a sort of landscape format um and and they're very fragile and honestly if you gave them to somebody you know, like a three-year-old kid. You know, <laughs> just, this is why they don't exist anymore. Yeah. You've given them to three-year-olds. And, you know, they just would have drooled on them, ripped them, you know, uh, you know, coloured them in uh, a bit too enthusiastically in the way that three-year-olds do. And it would have gone in the bin by the end of the day. You know, they're, they're yeah. so ephemeral. Um, so, yeah, so even though I don't really know anything about Robin Comic, it, it A, produced some nice ephemera, and B, they also produced some books, that are so I've got lots of eagle annuals and eagle books of things like book of sports, book yeah. of training, you know, big solid hardback books. You know they produce loads of them. If you go to a you know like an antique book fair, you know you'll, you'll trip over plenty of copies of them. Okay. Um, but Robin, on the other hand, produces much slimmer, more obscure volumes. Uh, and actually, you know that's what I like about them is is that that obscurity. You know that's what floats my boat. Um, nice. So we'll have a bit of that. We'll have uh again tying into that there'll be a post about so before eagle uh was launched the sort of the team that would launch eagle in 1950 uh were working on uh on a on a parish magazine uh, <laughs> in, in in southport where they, where they were all based right um and basically the, there was the the vicar who who would be marcus morris who would run the eagle yeah. um he sort of started he he took over as being the parish priest and it had a little sort of parish magazine as you'd expect but he sort of turned it into this national magazine you know incredible idea of saying see i think what we need is you know the best writers in the country write for my parish magazine so what <laughs> what are you talking about uh, anyway so you know you just can't you can't imagine having you know the, the chutzpah to do it you yeah know, think what, what are we get what are we doing you know and it, you know it all cost him a fortune it cost everybody involved in a fortune um but you know, but they were working on this thing, and it was called Anvil, um, and so it has early work by Frank Hampson, who was the, the lead um, artist on the Dan Dare strip, um, and all a number of those. I've seen a number of those issues, like uh, exhibitions and things that I've been to over the years, and in um, magazines I've read, um, and I just wanted to collate them all into one place because often what i'm doing the blog is i'm just finding you know there's things here here and here i just want to pull it all into okay, one yeah. place yeah, so yeah. If, if you wanted to see what are you know what does anvil look like it's like well you could look in that book for some of them you could look in that book for some of them and there are other ones that exist but you probably had to have been to an exhibition so i'm just going to try and sh- draw it all together in, in one place oh, so good that, stuff, man. Know, i think i think our, it's, it's our corporate reference for nobody yeah but there we go yeah i think you're right man i mean our what they, they describe now as a corporate memory don't they are fan memory is slowly sinking away you know mm-hmm. um, i always always think occasionally i mention a bronze age comic to a person in a comic shop and their eyes just glaze over <laughs> yeah. you know and i think people are going to start forgetting about you know silver age comics and stuff soon and there's people like you and pete watson and you know people are sort of yeah. plugging away and and john john freeman and you know some other people are you know are showing us the history of stuff um yeah. before we forget about it is there it you write you say you write for other people is there anything else you're writing at the moment 
Um, well, I've written um, a comic scene, the history of comics. Oh, yeah, I've got that um, in front of me here. Which one Tony did you write? Tony, Tony, uh, well, I, I mean, all of them. Oh, cool. Uh, okay. And <laughs> um, the sort of thing, <laughs> on the comics museum sort of page. So, yeah, sort of the brief for that is to try and take, and you know, and something of the year that, it, that the that the magazine is focused on. Because it jumps about, uh, isn't it? But uh, it does choose a particular year. So I think that's probably where it very wise, because yeah. if we all started at 1930, no one would buy it until it, 1978. No, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, and so, yeah. So I've, I've written the pieces for those. And I know, so I think Tony will have a Kickstarter for the next four volumes, you know, up, uh, you know, in the not too distant future. And I know, what years he's aiming at for those so i've started to sort of think right you know what what could i what could i do for that um, yeah mine were a gift so, yeah, actually so, uh, um Eamon gave them to me so i must dig through i'm gonna have a dig through uh, them this weekend i think they're on my little read uh, to read pile just here i'll have a dig through i'll have a read or some yeah. of your stuff man yeah oh good yeah and you're writing for uh, do, so, yeah, you're so doing that... reviews for um by small press as well did i see uh, uh yes i am yeah yeah aaron uh approached me and asked me if i would um do that for him uh, nice. so uh so i said i would so yes yeah, so i normally you know i, I don't normally review things and I, on the blog it's more uh here's something i found or here's something i you know i'm looking for yeah. you know can you help me fill in the gaps um so yeah so these are you know small press titles that you can buy uh on uh, buysmallpress.com um and yeah you know they're they're so far you know i've just been able to use titles that i've already got on my shelf that you know that i've invested in you know the creators that yeah that I've, stuff. I've supported and um so yeah so no it's it's a it's a fun thing to do and yeah it's just got to get into that i need to get into a sort of a you know by friday i, I should have written one of these um <laughs> no i'm you know, just to get into that, that that rhythm yeah but, i've um i promised myself i'll write four things through the website every week and uh i do quite long hmm. days i work sort of six to eight most days and it's, it's it's just trying to when you write stuff all day and you got to write something yeah. it's it can be a it can be a drag and and research for this we're doing two a week at the moment this at the moment and and the yeah. acp stuff you know got a prep i think we've got romance comics coming out this weekend <laughs> yeah i keep yeah. saying vince keeps that, saying yeah. that romance and i keep saying erotica and he keeps saying no <laughs> <laughs> so a bit of that as well i mean i it, it's not hard work because we enjoy it man and it's it's fun but uh yeah, sometimes yeah. fitting it in might be a bit of a jigsaw but yeah good stuff dude and where can we find you where can we find all your writing and your work and stuff uh you you can find me on twitter at at richard and sheaf that's s-h-e-a-f cool. uh and you can find me or you can find the blog uh at www.boysadventurecomics.blogspot.com Nice work, man. Um, you can find me at neverironanything.com and uh, the next tribute press books are um, in the works. Go, if you Before you get them, go and pick up a copy of um, Satan's Library from Adam Falp. Um, just follow him on Twitter and you'll find the link. Really good stuff. And we talked about it on the last episode. Go back one and have a listen. Um, I'm working on uh, Atomic Hercules 4, which is in the works, being drawn at the moment, mm -hmm. and a book called George Mayhem that I'm doing. Um, the final pages of the script have reached uh, Mr. Daryl Thorpe, who is absolutely killing it on the art. I'm so pleased. Um, wait till you see that one. It's a whole different direction for my gratuitous writing style. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> thanks, Rich. Uh, brilliant one, mate. And we'll have a chat in a minute. Talk about talk about what you, we can dig up for future episodes. Um, I might find it difficult to get a copy of Girl, but we'll see how we do. 
Um, <laughs> and before we before we go, I'll hand you over to the leader of the cult. All hail! Hi there, you loser! Don't look around. I'm talking to you. Yes, you sitting there, stinking up the place in your Deadpool cosplay and jerking off over your Sailor Moon Luno Funko Pop. Tired of being pathetic? Looking for a way out? Want to have sex? Join the Cult of Q. Our patented decuntification personal abuse technology will create a better you. Stop being that awful twat nobody can stand. The Cult of Q. Sex and you may be used for sex. Thank you.